This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your co-host, Rod McKay. So Rod, I have to first off, thank you for filling in last week. I was riding the Matterhorn in Disneyland, which felt like over and over and over again. Um, (laughs) But I do have to say, I did have a chance to listen to your episode. You're sitting in again this week for us, which we can't thank you enough for. I'm a little concerned for my job. Well, you know what? You should be. But I got to say, I think part of it was I was sitting where you're sitting now last week. Something about it felt a little more powerful sitting here today. A little bit different, I got to say. Well, I'll tell you what the problem is. This is Adam's chair that I'm in and you're in my chair. So <laughs> okay, if you're sitting in Adam's chair, he's the boss. So that's where all that energy and that power is coming from. Yeah, we're just playing musical chairs here. Yeah, no. So it was Seamus and I last week. We, uh, we had a lot of fun with Nigel Clark. But this week... Who do we have this week? Robert Trasolini and Laurent Meunier, Safe Pacific Financial. They're uh, an insurance and financial services firm right here in Vancouver, British Columbia. So what's great about having them on the show is a lot of people don't understand about life insurance policies and how you can potentially leverage against your life insurance policies and sometimes the tax problems that can arise upon death when you're inheriting a real estate portfolio. So today they go and they talk about both sides of that equation and how you can protect yourself against that. Absolutely. I think. I mean, I think a lot of people don't really understand that you can use life insurance as an investment tool. Everything, everyone thinks it's pretty cookie cutter. You know, you, you pay into your policy, something happens, your beneficiaries get paid out, but you can use it for a lot of great things with a lot of great tax advantages. No, no, it's a really, really good, interesting episode there. So without further ado, let's cut to the episode. I know listeners are going to love to hear what they have to say. I'm sure there's be a lot of people reaching out to ask more questions about it. I know I learned lots from this episode. So without further ado, let's get to that episode. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right. So today we've got Robert Trasolini and Laurent Meunier of Safe Pacific Financial. They are a insurance and financial services company right here in Vancouver, British Columbia. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit more about yourselves? Yeah. Um, maybe I'll start us off. Uh, State Pacific Financial is uh, my my company with Laurent. We've been uh, in the investment insurance space for over 12 years. Our focus is really on the life insurance side, mainly working with corporate clients, a lot who invest in commercial real estate, and we're independent brokers. So we work with every major insurance company in Canada. So anything with a life in it, we can work with them, uh, you know, the Candlelife, Sunlife, Nanny Life, et cetera, of the world. 
Yeah, and uh, based in Vancouver, born and raised here. Got two kids, third on the way, and that's kind of a bit about me and State Pacific. Laurent, are you going to add anything? Yeah, let's do it. My name's Laurent here as well. Been in Vancouver almost all my life. Further to kind of what Rob's talking about there, what makes it relevant for your audience is that we uh, we really specialize in a niche of uh, building really high cash value whole life insurances that you can use as collateral to secure loans. People in commercial real estate often need to secure loans, so so it goes hand in hand. So let, let's yeah. dive right into that today, because obviously that's that's a very intriguing thing. So let's maybe start off step number one. Can you maybe sort of better explain to us what a life insurance policy is and the types of different policies and how they can actually build sort of equity within that plan? Yeah, I think I think most people think of, uh, when they think of life insurance, they think of what's called uh, term life insurance, which is kind of, yeah, like, again, how most people think of uh, insurance in general, where there's no asset build up. There's no uh, investment component. There's, it's just insurance. You pay into it. If something happens, money pays out. If nothing happens, money's gone. Where people aren't as familiar with is, is what's called uh, permanent life insurance. And that's where you're actually building up an asset, building up cash that you can actually use for other investment purposes. Um, and that's kind of what we mainly focus on. And, and there's a few reasons why we do that with, with corporate clients. And uh, yeah, we can kind of chat chat a bit more about that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into it. I mean, you mentioned that typically when people think of life insurance, they're thinking of a, a term policy where someone passes away, there's a payout to a beneficiary. But really what we want to discuss today is, you know, how you can build wealth through these policies and use it to purchase assets like commercial real estate. So how does this work? How, how can you do it? And what, what types of people use this types of insurance? Just to back this up, maybe I'll start with the why, like the reason why are we even talking about insurance, right? It's because it's got its own tax status in Canada. It's actually got its own uh, legislation. So insurance in Canada, life insurance in Canada is tax exempt. And then the growth within these policies, which comes from a dividend paid out by the participating fund, the growth within these policies is tax deferred until you withdraw it. And then what we're going to talk about, you never really withdraw. So that tax never happens. And then when it pays out, it pays out tax free. So this is why we're using it in the first place. And because it's so secure and you're able to collateralize it to secure financing. Yeah. And um, so why most of our clients are really doing this. So a lot of our commercial real estate clients, um, why they look at life insurance, right, is, is maybe they build portfolio of uh, real estate holdings. So let's say they bought, you know, four or five commercial buildings with, with you guys or, or uh, over the course of, of their life. And now those buildings, maybe they bought it for a million dollars, right? And, and now the building's worth five or $10 million, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, the, ultimately, there's going to be a capital gain when they pass or transfer these buildings to the next generation. So a lot of times we're looking at life insurance from that perspective where it's saying, okay, how can we cover this future capital gain from an estate planning perspective and, and, and life insurance obviously deals with, with that where they don't have to necessarily sell the building. And then the other is saying, well, okay, great. We need life insurance to cover this future tax bill that's on, that's on the horizon, but we don't necessarily want this money that we're putting into this insurance policy getting in the way of, of us purchasing additional real estate. So how can we turn the life insurance policy one to deal with this, uh, estate concern and two, but still allow us to buy more commercial real estate where we don't lose our liquidity by putting up, by putting, so that's making, you know, where it's not as much of a, a cost 
for this policy, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about this before, but maybe for the listeners, can you talk about why these policies, A, are so secure and B, why they're tax exempt? Yeah. So Laurent touched on a, a little bit there. Within Canada, there's the Bank Act and then there's the Insurance Act. And um, the insurance companies in Canada are actually older than the Canada itself. Like if you look at, you know, Manulife, Sun Life, Candlelife, they've been around for, yeah, again, longer than Canada. First president of Manulife was John A. McDonald. So actually the Insurance Act is older than the, the Income Tax Act. So what we've seen is insurance has always been kind of treated separately or, or exempt from a, a lot of new tax rules that come in. And there's good reason for that. You want insurance companies, you want profitable large insurance companies. Uh, obviously, they're doing a service for society, providing income, et cetera, all that sort, those sorts of things. So, But there's some, some great uh, tax funding tool that you can use, again, to cover capital gains, but also grow wealth over your entire life in a tax-free manner. So from a security standpoint of what you're actually investing in with these policies, usually we're looking at like what's called the participating whole life insurance policy. We're investing within the, these policies. Why? Because the growth within the policy, like Lauren mentioned, is, is uh, tax-deferred. And then that is invested with the insurance company itself. So the money on these that you're investing goes with the insurance company. The insurance company has a giant pot of money, and they go and invest that money, mainly in bonds, very secure investments, some real estate, commercial real estate as well, private equity, that sort of thing. These companies, like, again, Canada, Sun Life, Manulife, the large ones, ha- haven't missed dividend payments since inception. So we're talking uh, world wars, Great Depressions, 2008, COVID. They've never, ever missed. And that's kind of how what the return is on the policies. They pay a dividend based on their profits. So um, the investment component also doesn't go down. So the investment component of the insurance policy, once it pays paid a dividend, uh, that, that money that's in there, the investment component won't go down. And so... The advantage of that from a, what we talk about down the road, a lending perspective, is banks really like these policies to then use as collateral that you can go purchase other assets. And so, Rob, let me just jump in here. When you say banks like these assets, they like it so much, they'll do a loan to value on these things, again, depending on your credit, but they'll do a loan to value of 80, 90, or 100% of the premiums that you're putting in. So now if you think of like what loan to value will they give you on real estate, it's not 100%, that's for sure. So that's how secure these insurance policies are and why the bank likes them so much as collateral for loans. So can we can we sort of break down a little bit on a on a sort of like a, say the monthly level? So typically you have your your term insurance. I pay hundred and fifty bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks a month because I'm thirty five years old. I got two percent body fat and I run a marathon every morning. I'm a, I'm not a liability <laughs> to the insurance, so I pay next to nothing. But let's say I'm forty years old. I'm overweight and I have red hair. I might pay <laughs> three hundred and fifty or four hundred bucks a month in my term. Sure. If I die. The money goes to my family. If I don't die before the term does, the money goes to the insurance. And this is probably a, a, a separate podcast, but I'd be interested to find out how much of that money ever gets paid out. But let's say I go and I do... <laughs> how much? Not a lot. I was going to say, I can't imagine. So let's say, for example, I'm going to go the other alternative route. Am I paying more than I would for a term loan or a term insurance policy? And how much more? And then I guess as a follow-up question, because I'm asking like five questions here at once. Yeah. Uh, I was away last week, so I'm trying to get them all in here. So how much more am I paying? And then what percentage of that is actually getting invested? If I were to look at it on an annual basis, am I accruing in these investments within my policy? 
term insurance is great and it absolutely serves a purpose and it's important. Uh, but what we're talking about is a completely different thing. It's not even, it's not comparable apples to apples. So when we decide on a budget that somebody's going to be doing for one of these whole life policies that they're going to use to secure the loans, we're not really looking at like how much are they paying for the for the insurance up front. It's more like how much do you want to put aside to secure? So, you know, often it'll be like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year, right? So it's not comparable to like a few hundred dollar a month term policy, which most people should just have anyways. But yeah, so yeah. sorry, go go ahead, Rob. Yeah, yeah. So usually what we're doing is this is what is called participating whole life or whole life insurance. So it's more of an asset. So with term insurance, right, like you're saying, if you were to pass in that time, it pays out. If not, it's gone. It's not an asset. Where permanent insurance, that money is going to pay out at some some point in time. So, you know, if you have a million dollars of permanent insurance, you know that that you know million dollars will pay out. So as you get older, that that piece of paper come, becomes more and more value valuable. So there's intrinsic value. But kind of to touch on what Laurent was saying, a lot of our clients, one, we'll look at again, what's that maybe from a commercial real estate to go back to commercial real estate. Maybe there's a future need of you know a future tax liability of twenty million dollars. That would, that will happen on death. Well, maybe we want to make sure they get twenty million dollars is one one thing, but the other is maybe they want an investment vehicle or uh, to use it as a savings vehicle. And so what clients will do is let's say that like Laurent said, let's say they put in five hundred thousand dollars a year into life insurance policy, which some of our clients do. They'll put five hundred thousand a year into the insurance policy. That money is now invested with the insurance policy, receiving most companies are paying a six percent dividend. They get their 6% dividend in a tax sheltered manner. And then what we do is we can, they want obviously that money to then go and turn in and go buy more real estate. So what we'll do is we'll go to a, a third party bank most of the time and collateralize the policy. And they'll a lot of times secure them a loan for $500,000. So um, again, client puts in 500,000 invested in a, in a tax sheltered vehicle with usually within their corporation. They get a, their corporation gets a, line of credit for $500,000, which they, they turn around and use to purchase commercial real estate or commercial property. So let's say I've got $500,000. I take it out. I use a bank to take a loan of the $500,000 out. You mentioned that I'm giving, getting, let's say, a 6% dividend. I take that $500,000 out, invest in property. Am I still getting the dividend on that $500,000 or does that go away? Yeah. So it's just like any uh, another asset. The five hundred thousand still in the insurance policy, right? Growing, you're just using it as collateral to secure you a, a favorable uh, loan, and so you're earning the six percent. The whole idea is you're earning that tax sheltered six percent, uh, deducting the interest on the loan, and you, then using that loan money to invest in real estate. Hopefully, you can get. I don't know. You guys are the the cap rate experts. I know you've been following. You know, maybe Nanaimo. Uh, you can get five or six percent or something like that. And uh, yeah, so you can kind of double dip on the same dollar, right? Yeah, Nanaimo, it sounds like we've got an avid uh, podcast listener here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that sounds almost too good to be true. I've got $500,000. That's the first part that sounds too good to be true. But I can take it out, still earn interest on the money while putting it in another asset like commercial real estate. And let's say, yeah, earn another 5% cap rate. That sounds too good to be true. So yeah, if, so no different Broadway, than real estate, really. You're doing a Smith maneuver with an insurance policy. And just for all the listeners know, I signed the paychecks and it's not unrealistic to think that Rod doesn't have $500,000. I signed the paychecks. Rod <laughs> I heard, might have $500,000 for all we know. 
I heard Roger's been killing it at William Wright. Well, he's recently traded his car in for a dump truck because we had to put all the money in the back of the dump truck every time he pulls into the office so he can get it to the bank. I, I nice appreciate work, that, guys. Roderick Dump Truck McKay. Well, I'm I'm so flustered now with all those compliments that I don't even remember what the follow up question is here. So I'm gonna pass it yeah. over to Corey here. So from well, our- just Roderick, sorry, Roderick. Um, just to continue on, how does it work? Why does it work? It's very similar to real estate, right? So you can put your equity into real estate, and then you'll have some sort of a. Hopefully, you have some sort of appreciation, and then you leverage against it right Mm. just because the building is leveraged against doesn't mean that the value doesn't keep going up right Right. so it's the same with these insurance policies you've got the cash in the policy it's earning the dividend because it's leveraged at a bank like it still earns the dividend right like the the policy doesn't know or care that it's leveraged Mm. the goal really for the clients is to deal with that the the future liability which we talk about which is why you know why you'd want life insurance in the first place but two, being able to deal with that that the future liability and also still buy the real estate because Absolutely. again like you're saying yeah the biggest com- complaint that most people would have is saying well I got to tie up five hundred thousand dollars or whatever x amount of money to deal with this twenty million dollar liability that's great but what if I want to buy more real estate I don't want to have to tie that money up and not have access to it yeah so with the when the business owner like kind of the problems that they solve in order is number one is often they'll have the money in the company, right? So that you've got it in inside your, your operating company, your holding company. And it's like, what do I do with it? So obviously you're buying commercial real estate on this podcast, but then also like in order to get that commercial real estate, you always need to get the loans, right? So this helps you to secure different types of lines of credit or just the, the line of credit that you can make as big as you want, right? And then while you're securing that line of credit, you're, the cash that you're using to secure it is growing with a dividend paid by the participating account of this insurance company, right? Right. And then eventually you're, you need this thing to pay out so that you can transfer the legacy to your family and they don't have to sell buildings to pay tax or they don't have to find tax money somewhere else, right? It's like, here you go. The insurance pays for it. Can we talk a little bit about that tax aspect of it? So I don't think a lot of our listeners would understand. So I'm, I'm Rod McKay Jr.'s. I'm his son, and Rod passes away, and I inherit a $50 million portfolio of real estate that Rod's accumulated over his, over his life. Amazing. What type of taxes would I be subject to if I'm inheriting yeah. that portfolio? Can we maybe talk so, a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're, not, um, we're not accountants, so I just you know do the whole disclaimer thing. We're not giving uh, accounting advice here. But the, the short answer would be, especially if it's owned within a corporation, what what would happen is there'd be a deemed disposition of your shares of that company. It would be what that means is uh, in layman's terms, what I mean, it would be like you selling your shares of the company at that time. So it would be, there'd be a capital gain or there, there'd be a, yeah, a capital gain owing at that time. As if when you died, it would be like if you sold everything. Gotcha. So if you bought those, that $50 million portfolio and you paid 10 million for it, well, there's like a $40 million capital gain that'd be owing on death on your final return. Now, so that's one challenge. So there'd be a huge bill there. The other is now, so now your $50 million portfolio, let's say you owe $20 million in tax on that. Yeah, Roddy Jr. has to come up with that. So he he has to sell, say, a third of the portfolio, right? Or more to pay the tax liability. Now it's more of like an estate sale where you're, you're actually going out trying to sell the properties or you have to go get financing to now mortgage these properties in order to pay the tax bill because it's it's due right away. So no, you would have to save 
while you were alive. You can yeah, start saving now and expecting this $20 million bill later. So now Roddy Jr. kind of has to figure out this whole tax bill. Pay it, it's, you know, it's due, due right away on death or uh, when, when they file that final tax return. So it can be, it can be a, a bit of a challenge. And, and it, it's not the most ideal situation from a planning perspective of like what's the smartest thing that you can do financially. Everything that Rob said as well, hopefully you like your brothers and sisters and they like you and nobody's fighting over this. Yeah. And you owe $20 million. Yeah. yeah oh, what, can, what a nice thing. With, yeah. With a, what you would do is, is you set up a, a permanent life insurance policy, right? Let's say it's $20 million. When, when on, on death, the individual injury, when the individual passes, the life insurance pays out to the corporation. It, uh, it then can be used as completely liquid, usually two, three weeks check is there. It can be used to cover any of those taxes, keep the, the estate intact, not having to sell off all those properties. The other thing is when life insurance pays to a corporation, it increases what's called a, a capital dividend account. And it, what that means is it's a notional account that allows that money to go from the corporation to the individuals all tax-free. So if you had $20 million cash in, in a company, right? Roddy Jr., say, let's say, takes over the company. There's $20 million in the company. He wants to pull the $20 million out. Well, he's going to have to pay dividend or income tax on that $20 million. He, he might net you know, 10 or maybe 12 or something like that. So if instead that $20 million is paid out via life insurance, then that $20 million would pay to the company and that $20 million could flow out through the capital dividend account or a majority of it to, to Roddy all tax-free. So that's kind of another benefit of, of life insurance within a corporation. So worst case scenario, Rod gets $12 million. Best case, he gets 20 Yeah, and that's the kind of things when you sit down and do estate planning. It's like, well... If you do nothing, you know, this is kind of the tax liability. This is kind of how it plays out. If you do something, we can set it up with an insurance policy. This is all the tax. I mean, it might save five, 10, 20 million dollars, and it doesn't affect your ability to buy more real estate, which is the idea. Sounds like a bonus. So, so I'm just trying to wrap my head around, a, around, you know, if I'm trying to buy a property, let's say six months down the road, you know, is it worthwhile to put a bunch of money? Let's let's say I wanted to put three hundred thousand dollars into the property. If I put that into a whole life insurance policy today, you know, can I pull that money out a few months down the line, or or what's what's the time frame like on that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd say a couple months. Usually, we have clients, yeah, doing kind of exactly that on the commercial real estate space. They'll put the the funds, say, call it, I don't know, three four hundred thousand into the insurance policy, and then. Uh, yeah, a month or two later, we, we usually during while we're setting up the insurance policy, we, we start the conversations with private bankers to do the lending at the same time, where you put in the three, four hundred thousand and then the line of credit is secured as soon as the policy is set up. And then you have that line of credit that you can use to yeah purchase more real estate or uh, yeah do what you want with it. Actually, sorry, let me back up there a little bit. There's still like an application process. Like if somebody phoned today and said, I want to get yeah. this started don't have like a commercial property closing in two months. Like give us, it's going to take a little bit of time the first time. After that, it's very quick. But the first time to get this thing set up is going to take, give it give it like six months. It could be a year depending on if things are complicated or if your taxes aren't done and things like that. So, and, and also with that, when I'm applying for the line of credit, I'm going to my schedule one bank that I always use and I'm applying with them no. or am I applying with someone else for that? Well, I, you usually go, it depends. If you're buying commercial real estate, usually you're going to talk with a commercial banker, right? Yeah. So, um, so the, it's, it's part of my transaction or my mortgage application documents. I'm going to leverage this as an asset there. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So but the people, the people in the bank that would know what you're talking about if you did this. So number, it won't be somebody at like a retail. It won't be a teller or a manager or whatever. The private bankers can do it, and commercial bankers can do it. Otherwise, they probably have no idea what you're talking about if this is something that you want to do. But we would facilitate this whole thing. We work with a few of the, like we work with the banks that do this. Not all of them do. And then we, yeah, we have the, you know, the big five. And then there's other alternative ones as well that, that lend on this. Uh, you may have touched on this earlier. I can't remember. But is, am I incorrect that you can either go through the banks to leverage the money out of these policies or you can get it directly from the insurer themselves, but the interest rate's a bit higher? Yeah, that's that's spot on, right? Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. You can go, there's, there's pros and cons of going with each, but yeah, you can borrow directly from the insurance company. A much that's a really easy process if you borrow from the insurance company they it's a one kind of one page form you you request the funds yeah usually the interest rate's a bit higher and uh, there's some again some tax implications when borrowing from the insurance company versus a third party like arm's length kind of loan yeah but yeah. but in short yes you can borrow from the insurance company you can borrow from the third party for sure those are the cons that Rob's kind of talking about. Some of the pros of borrowing from the insurance company is, A, it's a one-page form. You send it in. They're contractually obligated to give you that loan. So you'll receive the money like within a few days. Another big thing about it, actually, it's, it doesn't report to any credit. So it's like a private loan. It's a private unstructured loan. And uh, so it's really good to be able to just privately borrow money from an insurance company. And then it's an unstructured loan, so you can choose how you repay it. So obviously they set the interest rate, but you set how you repay the money. So you could, you know, if, you, if you're doing a deal and you're not expecting the money right away, you could just not pay for a while, do some repayment, turn it on, turn it off. You fully control how much you give them every month or every year which is uh, huge. It's, it's very difficult to get that type of uh, lending facility. Right. So so instead of, yeah, like a mortgage where you've got the set equal payments, I can pay them back whenever, whether it's in 10 years or I want to do 100 bucks a month. It's, uh, it's up to me on my schedule. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, exactly. it's literally it's literally on the form. It's like how much do you want to pay back and you choose, which is which is kind of nice where, yeah, if you go to a third party bank, they'll, they'll usually want interest only. But similar with the third party bank, the loans generally don't or they won't show up on on credit as well. Okay, and then uh, I also just wanted to ask, I've been hearing more and more about infinite banking. Does that have anything to do with this world or? Similar. Uh, uh, That's kind of the infinite banking was started. uh, It's a a book written by a guy named uh, Nelson Nash. And he really kind of coined the idea of using the insurance policies as as a lending tool. And a lot of times uh, using it to kind of finance your life. What we're seeing is is well, on this side, and, and that's really an uh, it's an American book, and so really American concept. So you, you hear a lot of it online, or as sort of a uh, yeah concept down there. But it's definitely the premise and the core idea is definitely yeah, it's based on on that concept, the infinite banking uh, concept for sure. So Roderick, things like infinite banking, cash flow banking, private family banking. There's all these names, and even what we're talking about on the bigger scale, the commercial lending, was called an immediate financing arrangement, or you could have insured retirement plan. They're all essentially the same thing. It's building cash value inside the policy and then leveraging against it. The reason it has all these different names is a all these different people have written their financial books on these things, so they always have to like you need to trademark your own thing. So they all gotcha. call it something their own brand right um and then the banks also all have their own names for all their different types of loans so the banks have their own little interior vernacular that they use for it so 
the th- the concept is the same for all of these things. It just depends on who wrote the book and what their book title is, but the general concept is the same. I heard infinite banking. I thought you guys were referring to Rod's checking account because he gets so many checks from our office. I just thought it just keeps going. I was like, I wasn't. Roddy, the dump truck mechanic. You're going to have people coming to me for loans and I've, uh, I've still, I'm still paying off my loans. So you got to watch what you say on the podcast here. But hey, if they come for you for, for a loan, they come for you for a loan and they got a life insurance policy, you can maybe lend money against that. Against that dividends. Okay. Now we're thinking here. Okay. Okay, I like it. Roddy, uh, I need a podcast partner who pumps my tires as much as Corey pumps yours, man. This is amazing. He's, he's a good man. He's a good man. He gave yeah, me 40 bucks this before wingman, we turned on the recording Wingman button. game on Maverick. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him 40 bucks leverage from uh, my whole life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, before we let you go, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. We have a six-pack of lighthearted questions that we ask everyone to get to know you a little bit better outside of the office. Do you have a few more minutes for us? Sure. Yeah. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, guys, easy question. We'll throw you a softball here to start. Favorite vacation spot when you find the time? Uh, I'll go first. Usually uh, I try to get down to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. PV. Get down uh, in Nuevo and, yeah, hit the beach and just relax, have a couple mar- margaritas. Great great food down there. Love PV. Oh, yeah. Laurent? Uh, beach in Costa Rica or Europe? Very oh, nice. nice. All right. Very, very nice. Number two, a book that everyone needs to read. Oh, that's right. a that's a good one. Um, well, you now you now you brought it up. Uh, people should definitely read the uh, Infinite Banking concept. There you go. It's a short read. You could probably get it done in a, in a couple hours for sure. Okay, I'm writing yeah, that it's down. Eighty-one pages. Okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so you're, you're bang sit- it out. Number three is you're sitting at a bar in Mexico. You've had a couple beverages. Someone sticks a karaoke mic in your mouth. What are you singing? Oh man, that's a uh, that's a tough one too. Let's do Bon Jovi. You give love a bad name. Oh yeah, that's a good one. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna say like maybe throw Rob, you can do uh, in there, but it's a little bit stereotypical, you know, like last song of the yeah. night. Yeah, Rob, you can do Whitney Houston or something. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, my, sounds like Rod's. Sounds like Rod's iPod. No, my, okay, my Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> Gloria uh, Gaynor. Yes, I will. Survive. I will survive. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the do one. It. Uh, okay, so number four here. Uh, favorite bar or restaurant? Hmm. Laurent, you got to have a good one there, man. Uh, you know, you're the uh, bar and restaurant guy. Yeah, uh, I like Nightingale actually as a restaurant. Uh, we're going to go check out Hydra. Heard some good things. I like sitting at the Kiefer Bar. I like sitting at the bar up the stairs to the right in the Rosewood Hotel. Uh, it's a oh, random yeah. little spot. Okay, very nice. You can find Laurent at many a bar. I was just saying, it sounds like a city tour. There's good happy hour cocktails what, at highs. What about the uh, what about the liquor locker at the Vancouver Club? A uh, nice bottle of uh, your your choice of whiskey. Yeah, yes, we got that we got that fully stocked. If anyone's around, <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, guys, final question for you: favorite band or musician? Hmm. Oh man, this is tough too. So this could be anything. Anything you want. Uh, maybe like, maybe uh, I, I go classic, like 
maybe throw out red hot chili pepper, red hot chili peppers in there. Yeah. That's a good one. They great just one. released a new album. That's a great one. They're yeah, actually uh, in Vegas, yeah. I think tomorrow, yeah. the sixth. They're in Vegas. Oh, I wonder if it's something like a like Stevie Wonder or like Prince or Questlove <laughs> the Roots, Dr. Dre, Jay Z. Oh yeah, okay, very nice. All sorts. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, even all Cool J, Ice Cube. Oh, okay. You keep going. I like it. I like it. Oh, I got tons. tons. Right. Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor. Chaka yeah. Khan. That's the one. Chaka Khan. I'm I'm crushing right now. All right. Well, Robert and Laurent, really appreciated having you on today. Uh, lots of great info, and I think our listeners are going to be pretty keen to learn more about this in depth. So, uh, if they wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, website. You can go check out safepacific.com. You can email us, Robert, at safepacific.com. Laurent, safepacific.com. That's probably the best way. Awesome, If guys. you're on Instagram, it's safepacific.com. You can follow us. we got lots of reels. We've got lots of videos. Our YouTube channel is actually kind of doing pretty well right now. YouTube slash safepacific. Yeah, lots of really good informative videos on there. On, uh, yeah, there's more videos about this concept. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We appreciate all the insight there, and uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be reaching out. You know what? Thank you, guys. You guys uh, opening up this platform to us and allowing us to talk to your people. It's, it's awesome. I love you guys so much for this. Sounds good, guys. Absolutely. Have a great day. I, I've been really enjoying Bye. listening. Thanks so much, guys. All right, thanks. thanks Take, guys. Care. Take care. All right, there you have it, folks. Our chat today with Laurent Meunier and Robert Trasolini of Safe Pacific Financial. Rod, I know you've been here for two back-to-back episodes, but that that was my line you just took. Well, you know what? I'm thinking of taking over your seat, so... Well, hey, I'll tell you right now, after you, after I heard the episode when I was in Disneyland, I was a little worried. I didn't know if I'd get the invite back from Adam to come here again today, but you know, thankfully, he texted me and said, fine, fine, you can come join Rod again. So we appreciate you. Great episode. Like, I mean, there's so much that goes into the life insurance policy side of it. There's tax benefits they talk about there on tax sheltering, some dividends through the policies. But you think a lot of people think that, oh, your, your parents have all these real estate buildings and they pass away and you just inherit them through the will and everything's good to go. But a lot of people don't realize the potential taxes that are involved with that and how much those taxes can be, especially in the state like Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you get hit pretty hard. That's why it's good to have estate planning in place. And it sounds like these life insurance policies are a great way to cover you from that. So I know I was away last week, so I've been doing catch up all this week. I know Adam touched base a little bit last week. How are, How is the market right now? I know it seems like on a week to week basis. I mean, interest rates are going up. And, you know, in the States, they had about a three quarter percent recent increase. Job markets come out. Housing stats are down. How are we finding in commercial real estate right now? Yeah, like I said last week, it seemed like it was slowing down. And I said it was kind of hard to tell because, you know, we're heading, we were heading to August at that point. We had a long weekend. We typically slow down this industry anyway. But, you know, then this week comes and I get more phone calls and emails than I've had in the last three months. So it's kind of hard to tell. It seems, uh, seems like there's still a lot of activity out of there. Uh, you know, people still need places for their business. People are still bullish looking to invest. So, you know, a bit of a slowdown with the interest rates, but still seems to keep going. And if people want to find out more how they can get a hold of you for those investment opportunities, Rod, how can our listeners find out more about you? Yeah, call me on my cell, 604-763-5510. Always open to have a nice chat. Or you can email me at roderick at williamwright.ca. And these episodes live on vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Uh, all of them are broken down there, both our, the commercial side and the residential side. So please make sure you check that out. We have lots of stuff for pre-sale information all that. So please go check that out. If you have any questions or whatever, please feel free to reach out. You can reach me at Corey at anytime. 
You can find out everything William Wright commercial at williamwright.ca, as well as you're welcome to call our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. We'll put you in touch with the best broker in the province for everything everything you're looking for. Rod, do you have any final words? Because I, I, I don't think you're here next week. You're busy selling buildings. I, you know, I just think, I don't think I got the invite back. I think uh, you know, getting a little nervous. Any last words? Uh, do I still have a job? Uh, as William, a broker, uh, as a broker. Uh, William Wright, you do, because you pretty much keep the company going with all your sales. <laughs> Here, I can't speak for that because that's Adam's call. I am I am just a number in Adam's system is what I am. Yeah, I got it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Subscribe today.